to the True Blue LA podcast, where we control the treble, and we control the bass too, and we're going to make a Dodger fan out of you. How'd you like that? That's what we're going to do now. Hey! The Dodgers are 67-35 and 35 after going 5-2 and two last week. They have a 16-game lead in the NL West. Now, Eric, I, I don't know if you're going to work a UHF reference in or not, but in a tweet-ish worthy of words, how would you describe the Dodgers last week? Uh, the, the defense was bad. Uh, the bullpen was bad. They were Twinkie wiener sandwich level of, uh, food. And, but the offense was, uh, excellent and it made up for just about everything else. We're going to talk about a lot. We're going to have the Cody Bellinger up, um, pace update. We're going to talk about the bullpen and how, how bad it looks, but how it might not be relative to the rest of baseball as bad as it seems and of course we're going to have some questions from email and twitter right after this ad break it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say your chance to win starts with a spin so go to luckylandslots.com to play over 100 social casino style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we'll start as we always do. Cody Bellinger pace update. Uh, so we we skipped the all-star break uh, week. Um, I was in New England. Thanks yeah, for the week off. You saw one of the games there. Their first, <laughs> the bad uh, one. <laughs> right. Their first game. back. So the Dodgers have actually played 10 games since we last recorded. Uh, and Bellinger has hit four home runs during that time. Uh, so he, uh, at the moment, is on pace for 54 home runs and 
122 RBIs. So the home run's a little bit higher than he has been. Um, RBIs right on pace. Uh, he's been 120 plus for quite some time. So still sort of beating that drum. But not you. A couple of batters come to mind on sort of the the batters of the week, or certainly the story stealers. Uh, we've got Matt Beatty just turning in the captain clutch, like classic Andre Ethier. If we're going to make a comparison from the last decade, just what what performance so far? Well, and like uh, what Dante from Clerks, he wasn't even supposed to be here. <laughs> uh, like uh, the last game in Boston, uh, Chris Taylor uh, got hit by a pitch on his. Uh, forearm and he suffered um, uh, a non-displaced fracture, basically like the same thing that Justin Turner had uh, last year. And these years are running together now. Um, but so he's out like four to six weeks, probably. Um, so the <clears throat> on Monday, they called Matt Beatty back up. They had optioned him over the All-Star break. So he was allowed to come back early to replace an injured guy. <laughs> uh, all he did like through Saturday was like he only started once but he like impacted like a bunch of games um he was six for seven with three home runs and two doubles <laughs> he drove in seven like he he hit uh what should have been a game-winning home run in the ninth inning on tuesday night a three-run shot and then the dodgers bullpen blew it and then he hit another game-winning three-run home run on um on Saturday night, and that one after stuck. the Dodgers bullpen blew it, like, <laughs> so like it, Matt Beatty was like the bullpen whisperer all week. Like <laughs> where where his where he uh, went, the bullpen followed. But uh, and it was funny. Like so through, um, oh, the Dodgers also played on YouTube last week, uh, an exclusive YouTube game. And actually, that broadcast was fine. Like there was a lot of problems last year with the exclusive Facebook stuff. That uh, there were like ten or twelve games, I think, across MLB. And they were like glitchy and like um, it was weird about like comments on screen, but that was easy to turn off. But um, the YouTube broadcast itself was fine. Like it was it was perfect. And uh, but that that game, Matt Beatty was three for four. That was the game he started. And the one out he made through Saturday um, was like a drive to the wall. And I took a screenshot and tweeted this last week. Uh, Bryce Harper's like sprawled at the base of the wall like reaching up to catch it so like it was like a shot like a, a, basically a double uh, uh, uh type of a hit and uh, that was his only out and he, he actually started on sunday went over for and ruined all the narratives but not bad six for 11 a week for Beatty. but yeah like you said he's not the only one the dodgers like since the all-star break uh almost eight runs a game leading baseball 27 home runs in 10 games uh five more than anybody else 47 walks is more than anybody else. Like uh, AJ Pollock has come yeah, back. That's and who I wanted looked, to talk about. Yeah. He looked like, like someone who uh, belongs in a lineup now, <laughs> uh, like <laughs> not the, what he did in April. Well, it's funny. Like, so he's driven in 12 in nine games. He has four home runs and look, he, I never want to like discount home runs, but the two home runs he hit in Boston were like the funniest home runs, like because they were so extreme. Like the one was just over the green monster. Uh, in the left, and then they showed like the the like ang the weird angle side of his his swing, and he's like reached out like one handed, like way out in front, like how the hell, almost like Kurt Gibson in the World Series, you know, like how do you get anything on that swing? And it went out, and then the one on Sunday night baseball, he he like just sort of lofted a ball, and it like 
curved inside of Pesky's pole, like two rows in down the right field line. So like the perfectly placed home runs, but Hey, you know, just like a, a little bleeder when you're like um, going on a hit streak or something, those count too. So like, I don't want to discount him, but it was just kind of funny the way he, and he's, he's done everything else besides that too. So he's been fine. Kike has been hitting um, for a little bit longer than just the break, but um, he has like a, a 1156 OPS since the break. Uh, Bellinger is 1116, which is actually a slump for him. <laughs> uh, Muncy's almost 1100. He has four home runs. Uh, I looked it up. So the Dodgers have uh, 13 batters with 10 plate appearances since the break. It's really like they all have like well over 20, but Beatty had 12. So I wanted to cut it off there since he had the highest. Um, but nine of the 13 batters have a OPS of 877 or higher. So like they they are hitting on all cylinders at the moment, and they kind of needed to last week because um, the, the like we're, we you, we're going to talk a, we're going to talk we're going to end on the bullpen because we want to talk right. a lot about that and we kind of want to get through everything else. Yeah, we yep. want to talk a little bit about some hitters in the minor leagues a little bit, which is going to let us talk about the catching situation. Yeah. So I was, I mentioned I was in new England all of last week. So as it, most of these games were national games. So I was actually mm-hmm. get, able to watch a lot of Dodger baseball, which unfortunately on a national broadcast, but I still was able to watch way more on vacation than I normally am dealing with kind of bad Wi-Fi. But so I, I'm kind of updating on the major leagues still have my bearings. I've only been able to watch from afar about Gavin Lux and just seeing tweets here and there when I've been able to check on pace. So g- g- update me here, Eric. So so he was having like a fine season yeah. in Tulsa, right? Like kind of he, like steadied himself as a top, you know, five-ish prospect for the Dodgers. Right. And then like, hey, look, oh, he's re- he's turning on the power this year. That's cool. And then like so they rewarded him um with with the uh, promotion to triple a and like since he got to triple a he's basically like thor like he's just (laughs) like uh he's wielding a hammer up there man like uh so he's played 18 games the he actually he got a hit in his first 16 games he was 0 for 4 on saturday but he walked that game so he's reached base in all 18 games but he's um 37 for 76 so he's hitting 487 he's slugging 961 so in those 18 games, he has 19 extra base hits, seven homers, nine doubles, three triples. Like, uh, I looked, so they played a series, Oklahoma City played a series in Iowa um, last week, and he homered in five straight games, uh, and four of them were in Iowa. He, uh, he, so in that four game series in Iowa, he had five home runs. He was 12 for 18, <laughs> two doubles, 11 RBIs, nine runs scored, and three walks. Four game series. Like, it was funny because, like, sometimes I I, uh, I follow, you know, like, a lot of, like, Dodgers accounts and stuff. And the Oklahoma City account would tweet out, like, oh, my God, Gavin Lux is raking. And then, like, Sam Dykstra or someone from MILB.com would tweet stuff. And then Alex Friedman, the, the Oklahoma City play-by-play guy, would tweet stuff. And I kept looking. I'm like, wait, is that just a retweet from last night? Oh, no, he's, like, four for four again tonight. You know, or something like that. And it was just like, it's been insane. Like, he just keeps hitting. And, like, um, he, it's, it's been nuts. Like, so on the season, um, I think he's slugging 623, if I have that right. It might be 622. I, I may have cut off an at bat or something, but 82 games. He's got 20 home runs. There's only one Dodger in the whole minors that has more than that. It's Nico, or wait, is it Nico Holsizer? It might be someone else, but, um, 
in like a lower level. But <clears throat> he's he's ascended to like clearly the Dodgers' top prospect at this point. He it was number eleven in baseball at Baseball Prospectus who released theirs on July eighth. So Lux has basically been a hitting machine since then. Um, he was number thirteen overall in Baseball America, and that was July first. And like that doesn't uh, that hardly counts any of his eighteen games with Oklahoma City. So like um, he is like by the end of the year, he's definitely going to be a top ten prospect in baseball probably. And clearly the Dodgers top one now. Um, and it's to the point where like it, he was not like, he was like a September call up at best um, this season, you know? And now it's like, it got to the point where like Dave Roberts, like was answering questions about it over the weekend. Like, uh, wait, what about Gavin Lux? And someone else will talk about it in a second, but he was like, yeah, they're, they're making our jobs harder. That kind of, you know, the standard answer, but, I still don't see them doing anything with Lux before September, but it's still interesting. Like he, um, he's a shortstop. Uh, he played, he's played second base in previous years too, but uh, he's going to be a shortstop, I think. Uh, but he, they did. He played a little bit of second earlier this year with Tulsa, um, seven times actually, not too many. But they, they actually moved, played him at second on Friday night, but he's played short since. So um, it would be interesting. Like it, the, the calling him up like before September not out of the question at this point it's very unlikely i think but like if they need like ha- absolutely had to add a middle infielder or something like it's it's not out of the question at this point that lux is could get that call yeah the dodger lineup is loaded to the point where you entered a, a tweet about this if chris taylor gets healthy at all it's matt Beatty's probably going to get sent down as weird as that sounds after we were praising him so much um but him having definitely more desirable position um, prowess makes it there's a weird situation where you could see him getting called up is there a situation where he works himself into the playoff roster let's say Chris Taylor doesn't come back um, healthy in time is that a situation you could see coming I mean like it would take a lot like I think you'd have to have like Kike slumping really badly because he's basically still taking a lot of the reps at second mm-hmm. uh, and it's between him and Muncie so like it gets to a point where at that point like you've sorted out so uh, this is, if, if you're willing to do that, that means like um, you're willing to have Lux play second, or I guess he could just be the, a backup or whatever. But um, that means like Muncie's playing first, and then that means that like one of Jock and mm-hmm. Alex Verdugo is not playing left and or was traded or something. Yeah. Uh, so like it would take like I think a pretty big shift for something to like yeah, that happen. Yeah. And my I was thinking about this last night. To me, it's either a huge Kike slump, yeah. or a huge Jock slump combined with uh, Chris Taylor not coming back. Or and we'll talk about this a little bit. Maybe the Dodgers carry an extra position player in one of these series, and uh, he kind of makes the cut in in that way. It'll be interesting to see. I don't see it happening, but we've been surprised almost every single year so far this year with kind of surprise call-ups. Yeah, like I wouldn't have expected like Kyle, Kyle Garlic to get the run he got, or frankly, even Matt Beatty like, uh, doing as well as he did. And, like, and look, I think if did, when this year started, if you had told us that Will Smith is going to start the playoffs, uh, we would be surprised, and here we are. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Breaking so, news. Uh, yeah, so, but just to get back on the Beatty thing for a second, uh-huh. like, so when everybody's healthy, the Dodgers have a pretty clear, like, 12-position player set, you know? Like, uh, and, and I mean, it, we'll get to this. The, 
Healthy and hitting. No matter, Healthy and hitting. Yeah. Because no there ma- have no definitely ma- been spots where Chris yeah. Taylor, Jock, and Kike, you you're like, mm, maybe. <laughs> right. And but no matter who 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 they, those twelve are, or no matter who the two catchers are, they're gonna have two catchers. So like yes. we'll get to the point of who those two catchers are, but they have like a, tw- a basic twelve position player set on their roster because they've had thirteen pitchers all year. And so when Taylor's healthy, Beatty's the next guy, but he's pretty clearly like the thirteenth guy given how much playing time he's gotten and what he's done. But like, if you just look at it this way, when they sent him down at the all-star break, he was hitting 278 with a 297 on base and a 407 slugging. And like, basically he's had one hot week to make his numbers look better. So and like, he has a, a propensity for big moments even before yeah, that. So, right. So like certainly worthy of being in the majors, but if worse came to worse and if Chris Taylor's back, uh, like in the middle of August, and that means there's two weeks till September, and Beatty has to go down. Yeah, like, I definitely. I saw some talk like, on like, oh, he should be up over over Chris Taylor, and one that it completely ignores right. uh, the flexibility Chris Taylor gets you. Two, it ignores how good Chris Taylor has been basically yeah. since basically really good since June, and b- one of the best hitters in the lineup since the middle of middle of June. So right since he took over for Seager, basically when Seager went down. And like like you said, Taylor had a 900 OPS in May, uh, and he had a 900 OPS in June, and he was he was tearing the cover off the ball uh, before he got hurt. But like, yeah, uh, so like Beatty clearly worthy of being in the majors, but not a crime if he's the odd man out. Uh, but I think at the, this point, like, it would he's not the odd man out. Like, um, they just they Taylor's not there, so like there's clearly room for him. So I was everyone was sort of defaulting. Oh. Yeah, but they're probably sending him down. It's like, well, are you paying attention at all? Like he he's pretty clearly like the the thirteenth man on their twelve man position player roster. So like uh and they only have twelve right now. So uh I think he, he's gonna be fine uh here for a while. Okay. Let's talk about Will Smith. Mm. Let's talk about well, Austin Barnes. <laughs> yeah, let okay, let's let's do this. Okay, so uh there was some concern with Will Smith that he uh so he, he was on – they actually put him on the Major League DL because he had a strain right oblique, but he only missed, like, I think the minimum of 10 days. So uh, he was – and then he was back hitting with Oklahoma City. He has got 19 homers this year. We talked about Gavin Lux having 20. But then if you factor in Smith has three in the majors, he's actually ahead of Lux. So, and plus two walk-offs, so whatever. But um, Smith on the season is hitting 274, 379, 609 in the minors. So – doing really well uh we they love him defensively we've talked about like his sort of poise and they brought him up in september to get used to everybody so that's not an issue he's a good framer so that's not an issue and we've talked before about how it would take austin barnes like having to crater two months in a row well here we are um (laughs) like uh austin barnes we've talked about this for six for 44 in june 419 OPS. He's 7 for 40 in July, 484 OPS. Uh, he made, he actually had um, a two run double on Saturday that broke that game open a little bit. It was a 1 nothing game and he had a two run double. Had he made an out during that at bat, his batting average would have fallen below 200. And I was like watching it going, uh, it's going to happen. But then sure enough, he started Sunday and it still did anyway. So right now he's 40 for 201. He's hitting 199, 288, 333 on the season. It's, it's really bad. Um, so uh, since uh, 
so Barnes himself was on the DL, which brought Smith up in the first place uh, in late May. Um, and since he's come back, he's only hitting, um, man, what is it? It's really had it in front of me. It was really bad. But it, it's just like a, it's a terrible number. Uh, but the thing that struck me, like he's always been like a, a guy who walks a lot. Like up to that point when he was on the DL, he had a 13.7 walk rate percent walk rate in his career. And in 2019, it was 12.2% heading into that. Since he's come back, 90 plate appearances, four walks. Uh, that's only 4.4%. So uh, he's, I don't know if, if just like pitchers are just going after him. So they're not throwing him balls because he's not doing anything with strikes. I, I don't really know. Uh, his, his batted ball numbers weren't great. Um, so he's just not hitting at this point. So like, it would not surprise me. Like if at some point soon, like they bring Will Smith up, uh, and Barnes has an option, they could option him. Um, so it's not out of the question. The the weird thing about in all this, the wild card is that they just uh, promoted K Bear Ruiz on Sunday. Uh, Ruiz just turned twenty one on Saturday, so uh, he wasn't hitting all that great in in AA, but he's still a highly regarded prospect. He's a switch hitting catcher with power. He's gonna probably grow into that power. Um, so he was two for four with a home run in his first game in Triple A. Um, so we'll see. Will Smith did not catch that game. Uh, K Bear did. So did they bring Ruiz up to split time at catcher with Smith, or did they bring kind him up? Kind of hard to the, believe. Or like the trade deadline's coming up. Is is Ruiz getting dangled in trades? Like, uh, and I looked last year. So they they split a pretty decent amount of time in Tulsa. And like K Bear ended up catching like more of the games, um, Smith. But there there was a lot of there's a DH involved too, so that made it easier. Smith did play a lot of third base, um, but uh, there's no DH uh, in, with um, Oklahoma City, so like that's going to be an issue. Like if they continue to be the sort of the tandem, so that's going to be really weird. But it's something that'll be basically solved by. Uh, uh, you know, a little over a week from now, uh, we'll know, you know, what what's happening. I guess about the trade deadline. So it's very odd. Do you think it'll uh, be determined by the trade deadline? Do you think we'll have a very clear, like, let's say, come August fifth, and it's still yeah. Barnes and Martin? Do you think no, that's just I, them setting it I, in, or? I, if it's, I think. Because you, like, you, you have to figure if this is a direction they want to go in, they don't want to wait until the last second. They want to get Will Smith more acclimated, especially with the pitching staff, more than just you know the couple of coffee, coffee, yeah, cups yeah. of coffees he's had so far this season. I just don't know how much time that needs to be. There was something on the road trip. I don't. I think it was in Philadelphia. I can't remember. I think Bill Plunkett tweeted out, and it was there was a Barnes quote about like. Um, Oh, uh, Barnes, they didn't, they usually, they've been pinch hitting for the catchers like a lot uh, recently, um, late in the games. And they, one of the games, they didn't pinch hit for Barnes. And I think Roberts was asked about it and he said he, he liked him in that situation. And uh, Plunkett's read, Bill Plunkett's read on it was like, he didn't want to like fully give up on Barnes at that point. So like Boston game, uh, I think. Okay, that makes sense. I think it might have been my and, game. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Wow, might, that's a while yeah. ago. But yeah, so like I, there's part of that in it where he's giving up. But honestly, like 
the, the Dodgers are off. We're recording on Monday. Uh, they play Tuesday. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, Will Smith's in the clubhouse Tuesday, like, and starting at catcher. Uh, but, man. But I think it will it will be – hmm. I, I don't know. I, I think there's still time if they don't pull the trigger now. Like, they could do it by – really by September. Like – uh, they ideally you want to do it probably before then, but uh, we'll see. But like, yeah, I just I don't know how long you can keep going with with Barnes the way he's hitting. Like, he does look. He's a good framer. They like the way he calls games. He's has a rapport. But man, like, he's just not hitting at all. And like, look, Will Smith's going to struggle at times. But like, I think you can handle it if you know that he's also a good framer and he's got power. Um, so you can sort of ride that out a little bit and you always it's not like you're necessarily giving up on barnes like you could if you option them you could just like they optioned jock peterson um in 2017 in august and then he came back he was like raking in the world series so like it doesn't it doesn't have to like be you don't have to like rip the band-aid completely off you know um but yeah, so like and we it could see like a, a Jock Peterson esque option, you know, sent down like, hey, figure this stuff out. Maybe you you can make it, prove yourself there. Um, we 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 seem to talk about this once a month, and you mentioned yeah. last time we did that it needed another month of cratering. And back then you said, well, maybe maybe Barnes or maybe even Martin could be included in a deal for a team that wants a, a major league ready uh, catcher. Is there? Does he have any value as an asset anymore? No, nobody's trading for Martin. I don't think. I mean, like, I don't. I don't think sure. so. But like Barnes, yeah. Like it still could be one of those things where, um, yeah. Like if he's not going to be the main piece of a trade, but if the team's like, hey, we we kind of need a major league catcher right now, can you throw Barnes in in the deal? You know, if it's if it's something like that. I I mean. I don't know. The problem is, like, like if you look at the standings, there's, like, a billion teams in the National League within, like, two and a half games or three games of the wild card. So, like, who who's really sellers at this point? Like, it'll probably sort itself out by next week. But, man, like, the Giants, for God's sakes, are two and a half games out of the wild card, and they're bad. And so, <laughs> like, they're, I mean, they're, they rally to get to 500, but, I mean, I don't know if they're going to stay there, but, like, still uh, – the Rockies have like cratered a little bit, but they're five games under. But like, yeah, it's it's crazy uh, some of these things. But so uh, I don't know. Like, I think the best move is probably just option him and get him to reset, work, just clear his head, work on things, and then come back in September. But sure. I, I don't I don't really have a read on it. Like, I like I'm to the point people always ask like. Would you do it? Like pull the trigger? I would by now. Yes. Like, like I would start Will Smith at catcher on Tuesday for the Dodgers. And this like, this front office, and I mentioned this before, does seem to they they're always later than the fans want them to, do, and they're even later than I, I think they should on a lot of things. We'll, we'll get to this when we talk about the bullpen, where they they're really willing to try things out and try to see what they have as long as possible. Uh, but that said, when it comes playoff time, generally they make the move that is the increases greatly their chance of winning that those playoff series. And I think yeah. I don't. Will Smith is going to be the starting catcher in the playoffs, bearing some really unforeseen. Barnes just finds it, figures out, and it starts clicking. I I really think that's going to be the case. I mean, it's 
it's likely at this point. Yeah, I think, but I think too they the team like the org has been like when they've had to do things they've done it like mm-hmm. like last year like they um, they basically took like four months to to let like um, Cody Bellinger uh, try to hit lefties and he didn't he wasn't really doing it. So then they, they kind of went full on on the platoons and and they needed to because they were fighting for their playoff lives like the last two months. So it's not the case now. They're up 16 games in the division. So there, there's not that like sense of urgency. So that's the only thing like giving me pause, like that they're not going to pull this trigger. But like still at this point, it's like, man, like there, I, I yeah. yeah. And the reason why I think they might early again is with playoffs in mind, if, if they think Will Smith – needs more time to be a playoff ready starting catcher that's how much time they're going to give him and i think that's probably more than a september call-up but i i could be, i could totally run obviously they know way more about how to handle that uh, and how to handle a starting pitcher and how to handle this bullpen that we're going to talk mm-hmm. about Absolutely. after after this break Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, I got one more UHF reference for you. Sweet. We're going to play Wheel of Bullpen. I'm going to move my mouse around on the the Dodgers bullpen here. I'm going to pick a player, and I want you to tell me, is this a player you want on your starting roster uh, in the playoffs? Uh, Your active roster, I should say. Or do you want what's in the box? But you need to remember, what's in the box could be absolutely nothing. Just a horrible, horrible, you know, who knows, minor league pitcher, trade, trade recipient. So you ready? I am ready. Okay. We spare no expense with technology. It's funny. I'm on the baseball reference, just kind of picking one at random. So I, the first one it landed on was Russell Martin. So I don't need to. You know what? I'm going to include him on the roster, but I'm going to probably have him catch more than he pitches. Okay. So let's talk about Pedro Baez. He's a lock. He's, um, he's the least isn't this word the least controversial pitcher in the bullpen. Uh, okay. Ken, yeah. Kenley's controversy isn't whether he makes it or not. It's, it's right, right, right. It's a lot of other things. But like, no one's going to say, "Yeah, Pedro belongs." He's pre- been pretty darn the good only, this year. The only controversy mostly with Baez is like, "My God, throw a pitch," that kind of thing. <laughs> like, uh, uh, so just as a caveat, just uh, as an overview here. Generally, you only need four starters in the playoffs. So, generally, the, the the Dodgers who carry like thirteen pitchers most of the year in the playoffs, they'll carry maybe twelve pitchers, maybe eleven sometimes. 
I would say 12 is probably the better bet, but like we're sort of presuming that uh, the answers I'm giving you are presuming that in some order, Ryu, Kershaw, and Bueller are starting yeah. the first three games. And then we're trying to figure out like the rest of the stats. Yeah, and we so definitely we've it's seen, basically nine other spots. And we've seen them more prone to do eleven in the DS series when you only really need the three starters, and they can kind of they value whether it's a pinch runner, a third catcher, uh, some sort of offensive aspect, since they don't necessarily need that extra pitcher. I don't. I see that less likely this year, but we'll see. Well, in the in the division series, like they're they don't do the Kershaw on short rest anymore. So like. Fair. <laughs> they'll they'll still use they'll still use four pitchers four starters but well they won't there's two right well they'll use uh, someone to start the start the game in game four well but they, like no it's a sweep job. oh I got, you, a, I got you I got you see where I'm going but but like so the, just the general plan though there's yeah, two sure. off days in a seven day plan that you don't have to play three games in a row like the other series so right like that's where the sort of uh, logic comes in in the eleven versus twelve okay so you ready to move on to your next name. Joe Kelly. He's in. Sure. How what's your confidence in him? What what a what an interesting season he's had. Okay, so this what is What role will he have? Uh it's pretty high at this point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it got to the point. So let's get into one of the so the Dodgers bullpen over over the weekend. Uh well, the last week they, they blew three games. Um, one was Kenley. Uh, the other was a mix uh, of three pitchers uh, on, in the YouTube game. And then Saturday at home they were up six to nothing. And then six to one in the eighth. And it was like uh, Kelly was off that day because uh, he had pitched like four out of six days, I think. And Roberts wanted to give him like two days off. So they, were, they had like Chigua and then they had Ferguson. And then, then they had Yimmy Garcia as the game was like tightening, and we're like, and then at that point, my confidence in Joe Kelly had never been higher. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> my God, they need Joe Kelly right now, and so that's where I'm at with. And I don't know if that's um, an acceptance of Joe Kelly improving, which he definitely has, uh, but or or the fact that my God, who else is there at this point? So like, he, he's he's like a lock for me. Yeah, and it's really inter- that six-one game is a really good example of just given the Dodgers' lead in the division, the kind of and they, you know they probably would have done so even without that giant lead. But it makes it so much easier to say six to one lead. Uh, let's throw out some of our the pitchers we need to see. Is there something here? Could they make the playoff roster? Could one of these pitchers pull a Pedro Baez and go all of a sudden your least reliable reliever to one of your most relievers? And they want to give these guys the chance to do that. And I think, especially with the lead they have, giving uh, fire duty to Yimi Garcia is just like this is probably not going to work out, and and it certainly didn't. Uh, Want to talk about him real quick? He's making your playoff roster. Not what's he, in the box. The Dodgers, <laughs> if if the Dodgers um, somehow were granted the ability to make two playoff rosters, Yimi would not make either one. <laughs> Fair. All right, so we have y- Yimmy off, uh, Joe Kelly, and Pedro in. Well, Kenley, let's talk about Kenley. You've been getting right. a lot of tweets about Kenley Jansen. Right. That, yeah, that, I think people have gone too far with him. Like, all of a sudden, he's like some unreliable bum. Uh, and, like, that's where I sort of, like, balk, I guess, a little bit. Um, 
he's definitely like not like who he was like but we talked about this before like he's still got a long way to go before he's like bad like he's he's still like an above average closer like um just you know he gives up home runs and yes he's he's blown key saves in pretty big moments at this point but like he is still on the current team like like their best option we'll i will go over some of the like rumored acquisitions but like from a practical standpoint none of the guys they're trading for are like are usurping his role on the team and certainly no one on the current team is but people are acting like man the dodgers need to make a change right now at closer and it's like you're insane i think at this point but that said like kenley was bad on tuesday like uh and like part of that is is his stubbornness has like cost him this year a couple mm-hmm. times like earlier in the year they were talking about he should use his slider more and he was stubborn about using the cutter and he was getting beat on the cutter um especially when he was missing his spots and so that was a problem and then tuesday he got hit by a comebacker and he was basically like limping the rest of the game. He had to cover on like uh, a home or something on one play, and he was limping badly. He he could like he was having like nothing on his follow through, uh, and the and like he said after the game, he's like, man, uh, I I was I probably shouldn't have been out there at that point, you know. And then Dave Roberts the next day was like, what? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> why did you tell me that? <laughs> right. And so like, and then they ended he ended up giving up three runs in that inning, and it was like. My God, that was like that was brutal. Um, so, and then of course people were piling on in that, but like to me, and then he ended up uh, pitching in a one-run game, granted against Miami uh, later in the week, but he he went through that fairly easily. Um, so I think the the key for me with him, his stuff still is like pretty good. He's it's just he just gets hurt when he misses spots, which is like just about everybody. But, like, he, he's still very effective. Like, you know, he, he still relatively doesn't give up hard-hit balls, like, at you know, uh, like, relative to other pitchers. Like, uh, his his numbers are still good, like, above average, but just not, like, super elite anymore. And I think you just have to – I think – I don't know. Fans, like, want someone who's, like, automatic, but there's, like, nobody who's automatic, like, anymore. Like, Mariano Rivera just got elected into the Hall of Fame. Like Craig Kimbrell is uh, finally back. Rolda Chapman's still really good, but like, man, there's like no, there's no one who's like automatic year to year now. Like uh, Andrew Miller was lights out a couple years ago. He he looks done now almost, or just not as good as he was. So like, these relievers are fleeting, man. Like uh, so, like I don't know how much time Kinley has left, but like uh, he's still pretty good now. But I think you just at some point you just have to accept like above average is still it like it there's going to be bumps along the road and then like that's just sort of the, the way of life well we're in this cat uh not the kenley category the cat talking about yimi uh jd chargois yeah so like he's been weird like where at times he had a stretch where i think he struck out like six of seven batters or something over like two games and he He's looked good at times, but like he's not making it. Like he's too inconsistent. Uh, so yeah, he he's on the outside looking in for me. Caleb Ferguson. He's been like he's awful. On, he's on the roster with Yumi, the third one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of like, and he's a guy who like you. 
I could have probably been convinced, like, if he just had, like, a hot August and September, like, he could be their, like, probably their second lefty reliever behind Urias, like, in in the uh, in the postseason, like, because his stuff's that good. But, like, he has just been all over the place, like, uh, uh, just walking guys, hitting guys, like, his control is sporadic at best. And, like, yeah, so he's not someone you can really count on at this point. You mentioned him, Julio Urias. Yeah, so this is where we talked about like the why we're sort of being nebulous about this. Uh, he's well, he's first of all, he's for sure on. Like that's a that's a given. It's just a matter of like not knowing what his role is. Like, yeah, um, I guess we can bring up Ross Stripling and um, Maeda here as well. They're all yeah. in that have done relief, um, have done have started. Not exactly clear who would get what role in the playoffs. Right at this point, like Rich Hill is a super wild card. They say he's re- going to be back at some point in September, but if it's like not September first, if it's like the middle of September, is he really going to be ready to start in the playoffs? So, like, uh, I think they're going to get to a point where basically game four, any game four they have, is going to be like a mishmash of like Stripling, Urias, Rich Hill, um, uh, that kind of gang, like maybe combining for six innings or something and then figuring out the rest from there. But I think with Urias, I, I think his best role for them is is probably the bullpen. Uh, like, I'm, you're tempted just to say, let him start, uh, ideally, three game fours in the playoffs, and then just let him go as long as he can. Um, but that way, you're only using him three games. I think he, he's a guy who can't really pitch back-to-back days, um, they they might be able to do it once or twice in the postseason, maybe, but like maybe like a one batter appearance or a two batter appearance in that second game. But I think that's what you kind of do. You you have him be like a, a two inning guy, like in a game one or game two of a series, and then bring him back for game four. Uh, and then like if you have to go in game five, maybe he can face a batter, and then that way maybe you can pitch him three times in a series instead of once. And then you, you just kind of utilize him that way. And he's a guy too. If like if Jansen's struggling, um, or he's been used like you know three out of four or something like, and, and you want to use Urias, like you're you're totally comfortable like going to Urias like to finish off a game, even if it's like uh, a five out save or something like that. Uh, so I think his he has versatility there. Um, so yeah, he he's in the bullpen for me almost no matter what like even even if rich hill is not starter ready i think you still you just roll with um you i would probably roll with stripling to start a game four at this point and then and then just like bring in everybody else after and you think kenta's in the same same category no no i think i think at the at the moment they're gonna they're gonna trade for guys but at the moment kenta's like one of the primary setup men. Like, okay. He's like dominant uh, against righties. Like he has pretty severe splits. He's had them for a while. Um, I was looking at this, so he got kind of screwed over by a rainout last week, uh, where he went two innings on Tuesday, and then they had, they were out for two and a half hours, so he was done for the game. But that uh, he made him available in relief on Friday, and he pitched a one two three inning. It was funny watching that game. He went uh, like. Uh, 11 sliders and 12 pitches. It was against righties. 
and he got six swinging strikes out of it. So, like, um, the one thing I did in sort of looking at the bullpen and trying to compare it to the guys they were um, looking to trade for maybe is look at the pitch type. So, like, with, with Maeda, his slider has been, like, his main weapon. Like, um, against righties, he throws it, like, over half the time. Overall, it's, like, 30% pitch. Uh, but and pretty much the same last year. But hitters are only hitting 156 against it. They're only slugging 299, 81 miles an hour exit velocity off the bat against that pitch. So like it's really dominant. He's used the changeup a lot against lefties. Um, pretty good, 172 batting average, 284 slugging. But uh, like you know, in his career, right? So 304 ERA uh, in relief in in his career. If you include um, the playoffs. It's 266 in 44 innings with 58 strikeouts and nine walks. Like, what do you like? That's what you want, right? Like, he's given up. Uh, he gave up the big home run to Jose Altuve in Game Five. Don't that remember was, that, right? And so, like, that was huge. But like, still, like his overall numbers that postseason were good. Uh, and like, he's just really good against right-handers. And I think uh, he's very, he's much more aggressive coming out of the pen. And he, I think he's just been more effective. So like. His strikeout rate is up. His walk rate is down compared to when he starts. So, uh, like, for me, he's an easy reliever. Um, if he's not an eighth-inning guy, he's the seventh-inning guy. All right, so that gives us the the three dominant starters, three all-stars, Pedro, Kenley, Joe Kelly, Julio Urias, Quinto Maeda, and Ross Stripling. So yeah. that's nine. You, you said we needed to get to 12. Yeah, at minimum eleven, but probably twelve. So let's get to, let's get to twelve, and let's assume Rich Hill is is done for the year. Let's let's assume that. So we need to get three okay. names on this roster. Where oh, are we three. getting? Jesus, okay. Where are we getting these names from? Uh, if it's it's going to be a stretch of it, because like I I I think I, they're going to trade for like two. Sure, but we'll see. I don't um, okay, so I haven't done. I looked on MLB trade rumors. I looked around a little bit on who some of the rumored people were. The, the two like biggest names are Felipe Vasquez and Will Smith, uh, both closing for their teams, the Pirates and the Giants now. So obviously the Will Smith thing would be huge because you could have Will Smith and Will Smith Big. on the same team. And that's like that's probably worth more. You could you probably give up K. Barrowese in the deal just to have that. Um, but like – so we talked about like pitch mix right earlier. If you look at those the pitchers we mentioned, um, Baez, oh, Kenley's a cutter guy, right? So just ignore him for a second. He Kenley's unique. He's a unicorn. Um, Baez, Kelly, Urias, and Stripling all use have their four seam as their dominant pitch. Um, Kelly's more of a he's a mixed guy. He, he only throws his. Four seam, thirty four percent. He throws his curve twenty five percent. His sinker eighteen. Uh, Stripling is thirty three percent four seam and his curve twenty eight. So he mixes a little bit, but that's a lot of like four seam fastballs. They don't really have a slider guy, but like three of the four guys I was uh, that I was looking at are basically slider guys, and so I think that could help. Uh, I guess my Maeda would be a slider guy uh, if he's added to the pen, but like the um, Vasquez and Smith are both lefties, and that gives them something they need. Um, oh, just as an update, uh, I guess Scott Alexander, um, he, he showed up uh, the other day 
I believe he was in a, his arm was in a brace or his oh. elbow. Uh, yeah. So like, um, he's, he didn't need surgery, but like he suffered like a setback in his like, uh, um, recovery. So like he's out for a while. They basically shut him down. So like, uh, you can't really expect much from him either. I think for this year. So he's kind of out. Um, but yeah, uh, Vasquez, he's a 191 ERA, 202 FIP, really good. He's fourth out of, I looked, pitchers, there's 164 pitchers with um, 30 uh, innings this year. He is fourth in FIP this year. He's he's had a 211 ERA and a 235 FIP the last three years. So he has like the best track record of everybody, and he's probably going to be the most expensive to get. Also because he's under contract for two more years after this at a pretty reasonable rate. There's only about 15 million guaranteed plus two $10 million options after that. So like you're talking about a guy you could control for a long time. And like, this could be a long-term acquisition. Um, I looked his uh, walk uh, or his strikeout minus walk rate, 31.4%. That's seventh out of those 164 relievers. So he's top of the line this year. Smith is pretty much the same 255 ERA for the giants, 256 FIP. He's uh, right there. I think he's fifth in FIP. He's sixth in uh, K minus uh, or strikeout minus walk rate, 32.3. Kenley, I think was, uh, I don't have it in front of me. I think he was seventh or ninth, uh, something around there. But um, uh, Vasquez, his slider was wipeout like this year. Hitters are three for 32 against it with 22 strikeouts. Um, his four where he throws a lot, but it's been getting hammered a little bit this year, like 464 slugging, relatively hammered. Like it's not, um, it could be worse, I guess. Uh, Smith is pretty much the same way, four seamer guy, um, getting hammered a little against righties on that pitch. Uh, they're slugging 500, but his slider, he throws it uh, mostly against lefties, almost 60%, but he still throws it 41% overall. Batters are only hitting 111 against it, eight for 72 this year with 44 strikeouts. So like, it's a dominant pitch. Like, he's only um, he's under contract this year, and he's arb eligible next year. So uh, these could those could both be like pretty, you know, not just this year type of a deal. Um, the other slider guy is Jake Diekman on the Royals. Um, his ERA is high, but his FIP is better. It's 476 ERA, 350 FIP. Um, he walks a lot of guys, so uh, his walk rate's like 12, um, 12.9%, which is high, but strikes out a reasonable amount to sort of overcome that. He's a lefty also, which I think maybe they're trying to target. Um, hit lefties, he's held down pretty well, though he's walked a lot this year. Uh, he actually has a better K rate against righties. He throws his slider 50% of the time. So he throws the slider the most out of these three. Um, and it's been reasonably effective. Like uh, he is uh, under contract for this year and he has a mutual option for next year. So another possible move like beyond this year, we'll see. So those are like the three slider guys. The one that makes like less sense, but like, you know, it just could be an arm, adding an arm is Shane Green. Um, of the Tigers, um, his ER, excuse me, his ERA is 125, but his underlying numbers don't support that. And he has a 380 FIP. Um, his K minus uh, BB rate is 20.3%. Uh, 
Uh, he is under contract uh, at, for this year only. He's a free agent at the end of the year. He's mostly a sinker guy, and he's right-handed. So maybe if they feel they need that kind of a pitch mix, that could be why they're adding him. But uh, wouldn't be the worst guy to add, but like wouldn't be a savior at the same time. So yeah, it's not not a. Uh, there's there might be other targets. You know, I don't know, but like those. Yeah, there's like always the a few reliever teams. names that kind of surprise us when they yeah. they come through. They were a little bit more frequent in the in the waiver wire era, uh, and we don't have that anymore. But um, we'll, we'll see what comes with. I do think I would be remiss if I didn't bring up um, another internal candidate that. Uh, didn't come up for just innings reason. Uh, Casey Sadler has looked pretty good in his, albeit brief, performance of the Dodgers so far. He certainly is a candidate if he continues to perform like this. Uh, I don't know. He's he's more of like a uh, a long inning uh, reliever. So maybe if if like Rich Hill is not ready at all, and they need they plan to do some sort of hybrid uh, thing in Game Four, maybe maybe they piggyback him with Stripling, but. It's a long shot for me. Like, uh, I'm not sure his numbers are decent, but I, it's not, I I think he has to, uh, kind of really wow them. Uh, I think the wild card for me, uh, Dylan Floro, he has been up and down this year. He has the best shot of the guys we didn't mention yet, or uh, like sort of the outside looking in. He, he needs to pitch better. He's on sort of, uh, a rest DL right now. (laughs) Like, uh, I forgot what they called it. I think it was inflammation in his neck. And that's you. You never want to say that when you're putting a guy on the pitcher on the DL because everyone goes, "Oh, because he's giving up all the home runs." You know that it's stupid. But um, yeah, uh, I, he needs to pitch better. He has pitched well at times. So like, if, if if he's looking okay in September, I think he he has an excellent shot to be on too. But for me, he's on the outside looking in right now. Yeah, I'm a little bit more bearish on on. Uh, bullish, I should say, on on Casey than you are. I think it's going to be one of those names, either Casey or Floro, and then they're going to get two relievers at the deadline, and hopefully, you know, they they don't just turn turn the tide and start pitching really badly once they pick put on a Dodger uniform. Yeah, like like they meant they got um, like John Axford, and he got hurt last year. Uh, Ryan Madsen, and then he, who allowed like every inherited runner ever to score in the postseason, so or in the World Series, uh, so that was. It was something. We'll we'll see how it goes this year. I've got a Twitter question and five questions from Craig the answer right after this. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A Twitter question that I was really excited to answer from, I bleed blue. You actually, you and I actually talked about this beforehand because we didn't want to have a bunch of dead air while we tried to figure out an answer to this. Huh. 
I'm going to actually do his, he has, it's a two part. I'm going to do the second part first. Who will be the next inductee to wear Dodger cap on their Hall of Fame plaque? Okay. Oh, yeah, the second part. Okay. Uh, to wear a Dodger cap on the Hall of Fame, it's got to be Kershaw at this point. Mm-hmm. Just because, yeah, there's no one who is like going to retire who has like a bulk Dodger career who's going to like, get there i think before kershaw yeah so yeah you and i agreed on that pretty pretty early on the more interesting question we just we we had fun (laughs) with this who do you predict predict will be the next old friend and you have a very liberal sense of old friend uh to be inducted into the hall of fame so and this is where i'm at a disadvantage because you have this web of who you count as an old friend that includes some names that you maybe you don't suspect so well, no. I, this is pretty. It's oh, not okay. like a cheat. It's not a cheating old friend. I didn't know if you would it's, pull pull a trick on me. And now it would be funny if, like, all of a sudden, Homer Bailey won like four Cy Youngs <laughs> in the next ten years. Like he was the guy. But no, my my, my initial answer on this in my head was Zach Greinke. Um, I figured um, he he's going to end up with Hall of Fame numbers at the end of his career, and so he's going to be in. But then I was forgetting about the player you you were mentioning. Uh, go ahead, go ahead and mention your player because I have one who's going to be in before him. Uh, and you, I, you will get Dodger fans who say that uh, Adrian Beltre should go in with a Dodger cap, which is nonsense. He's going no, as a no Ranger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you can you know quiet those qualms. Yes, he started his career. Uh, Tommy Lasorda was at his number retirement, but that retirement ceremony was in Texas, and that's that's what we'll wear on his cap. And good for him that franchise treated him really, really well. Where another, fr- you know, another franchise not so much near the end. Beltre had the um, on deck batting circle incident in Texas, so that by default he has to be an <laughs> all as ranger. But yeah, he's clearly, and I. I for some reason, it slipped my mind uh, when we were thinking about this, and it happens like that. But then I was thinking, um, I think the next Veterans Committee, uh, it's either next year or, or two years. So, And it's, it's before Beltre uh, is going to be voted in. So I think Fred McGriff has a real shot. Um, oh, interesting. So I don't, I'm not necessarily on board with the, well, Harold Baines and Jack Morris are in, so everybody's getting in. I don't know. I think Harold Baines was a case where like Jerry Reinsdorf and Tony LaRusso were on the committee and they like owned uh, was owner and manager for him and for a few years in Chicago. And they like basically uh, set up a block and like pushed for him hard. And that's what got him on, uh, got him in. Uh, I don't know if McGriff has that kind of a support, but I think he's a guy who could get who could, who could sort of drum up more interest. Like that you look at, I think he he has borderline numbers as it stands, uh, and like the Hall of Fame wouldn't be worse if he's in it. So, like he's someone. I think he's the guy who could get in before Beltre in terms of like old friends. You mentioned also like uh, Gary Sheffield should be in. He's not going to get the type of support that he would. Manny Ramirez failed two drug tests, uh, and so like that basically kills him in terms of uh, getting any type of support. But clearly, Hall of Fame worthy numbers. Um, yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be. Uh, I think it, Beltre is like a lock, but uh, I think McGriff has a chance to just sneak in before him. I like your answer. You ready for some yeah. questions from Craig? Uh, yes. First one: 
In both 2017 and 2018, the Dodgers had more strikeouts than hits. Currently, the Dodgers have 916 hits and 827 strikeouts. Will they be able to reverse the two-year pattern and get more hits than strikeouts? Yes. <laughs> okay. Easy, yeah, easy, I mean, easy. They, that's really something they worked on. Bellinger is the biggest case, like case of this, where he's like cut his chase rate. They don't really chase pitches. You've you've heard it on a bunch of national broadcasts, and I kind of wonder this if it's just like a talking point that they always bring up, and they don't continue on it. But like, it, I think enough people say it where opposing teams say, "God, those guys just keep grinding at bats. They just don't chase anything. They don't give away at bats." Like, and I think the, their sort of mastery of the strike zone is part of that. And so they, they've struck out less because they're not chasing and they're pounding the balls that they get. So um, I, I do think they're going to end up with more, more hits and strikeouts. Only three L.A. Dodger teams have won 70 or more games after their first 108 games. As the 2019 Dodgers near the two-third mark, which will be next Monday, will they win at least four of their next six games to join the 2017, 1962, and 1974 teams with 71 or more wins? So they have a bit of a stretch here. Uh, I actually forgot who they're playing on the way back. Okay, so they have two games against the Angels this week. Three against the Nationals. Yeah, three, and then... The fun part about that, so Max Scherzer is currently on the DL. He had like a back thing, and he I think he threw a bullpen today or he was throwing in the outfield or something. And his, <clears throat> I was reading about him, and they're still like sort of mum on exactly when he's going to pitch. They were talking about maybe Thursday. Um, but then they said it could be Friday, and if it's Friday, it's awesome because uh, then it's Max Scherzer and Hyunjin Ryu in the National League Cy Young 1-2 uh, finishers this year. Uh, so that's a fun matchup to start that series. Um, so yeah, that's, if the Dodgers have to face Scherzer, obviously it's going to be tough, but yeah, I think they, they go to Colorado after that to Coors for the final time this year, because they won't be there in the playoffs because the Rockies are playing badly. And, um, so, uh, do they win four out of six? Yes. Yeah, sure. Cause I think, I think, I think they win both home games, and I think they win at least two of the four. Seems the like these these weird, you know, four games series, quote unquote, against the Angels, uh, where they two and two split. One the 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 one always goes horrible, and the one goes right. I don't know if I have no stats to back that up. That's just off of memory. But I seem to recall always thinking that it was really bizarre. So of course they're gonna after the two games in Anaheim went pretty haywire. Uh, these will be fine. Uh, and then, yeah, I like them taking at least uh, a game, if not two, in Washington and winning on Monday. So, yeah. Yep. And so, just to point out, too, if if they happen to go 6-0 and in those six games, oh. they'll be, they'd be 73-35, and which at that point, which um, they'd be on pace for 109 and a half wins. So, 110 wins at that point. That's kind of ridiculous. Who will reach double-digit home runs first, if at all, for the 2019 Dodgers? A.J. Pollock or Matt Beatty? Okay, so the current count is... Five um, for Beatty and a six for Pollock. Oh, Pollock's only at six, huh? Um, and four of those, wow. So they were they were in a 2-2 tie uh, at the All-Star break. Um, I got to go with Pollock. He's, yeah. he's going to be playing more. Yeah. 
Simple uh, playing time. Then. Beatty only needs like 14 at bats or something to <laughs> get those other five. So uh, I saw his wife, Matt Beatty's, Matt Beatty's wife, on his Saturday. Wife. Yeah, my wife. My I, you know what? I, I was mad because earlier in the podcast, you mentioned your internet uh, when you were uh, on vacation, and I didn't immediately go my Wi-Fi. <laughs> so, but I did now, so it's on it's on record. Um, yeah. So Matt Beatty's wife, Jessica, she tweeted, "Is my husband a cheat code?" And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> so that was a perfect tweet. Can you name a pitcher who will win as a starting pitcher for the 2019 Dodgers that is not currently on the 40 man roster? You are the expert of the Dodgers payroll and 40 man, so I defer to you. Who's not on the 40 man roster? Um, I suppose the big way to do this would be, um, and we didn't really talk about this, and maybe we should have on the bullpen. Do you think there's any shot they trade for a starter? I guess it's possible. But the problem is, like, the Mets, I don't know if the Mets are going to trade like Syndergaard. Like maybe they trade Wheeler, but he was—he's also been a little hurt this month. Uh, like so, what big names are really out there? Like the Giants are like in it now, so they might not trade Bumgarner. So like, is are is there really like a a cool name out there to get as a starter? Like I don't. But imagine really know. that sitcom of Bumgarner coming to the Dodgers. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah, like, and then you have like they they just show like in the dugout a lot and like. Him and Max Muncy like arm o- over each other's <laughs> shoulders, just laughing their ass off. Like you know, Bumgarner wearing a "Go Get It Out of the Ocean" shirt during batting practice one day. God, that'd be hilarious. Um, but yeah, so like they definitely could. Um, but like of all those, I'll, I'm just gonna like I'll just say uh, Jake Diekman. Okay, I like it. I got nothing to add. Yeah. Final question. It's the food question. Beer Belly in Koreatown is closing in its current form next Sunday. True story. This is where we talked about the podcast for the first time. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, we met up there like, when, yeah, I, I vaguely remember that. I, I remember talking about the podcast. I didn't remember where it was. Yeah. Uh, good times. I've not eaten a grilled cheese sandwich there, since, I think, since my first visit. And this is Craig. I think I have yeah. had the grilled cheese there. Mm-hmm. Should I have one this week or just stick to my usual wings? There's a very so, clear answer here. So I think Craig has has been there so many times. He, yeah, I like, think almost half the time I text him, that's where he's at. He's, yeah, so he's probably had wings, I would I would venture to guess, at least 100 times there. Uh, I, I think you have to go grilled cheese. Oh, no, you're 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 off here. You, you, have, you have to go. You have both. To go, and not, all, both. not only does... What? Both. Oh, both. This okay. is a very easy answer, I think. But I was going to say, not only does he have to get a grilled cheese, but he can't get one of these highfalutin BS <laughs> grilled cheese with meat. Oh, yes, that, you can. You absolutely that's, can. That's that's called a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. If you're getting a grilled cheese, you're if getting the a, meat, you're getting a If the sandwich. cheese dominates the sandwich to where it's just bits of meat in a, a pool of cheese, it's a grilled cheese. It has to dominate. Like, really dominate. Yeah, that's fair. Not like 53 And then otherwise it's a melt. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So but the answer, Craig, I, is both. You could put could yeah. take some wing meat off and put it in your grilled cheese just to annoy Eric. Yeah. You know, but I, uh, I think <laughs> the thing you have to have with a grilled cheese is tomato soup. And so have, have, them whip up, have them whip up some tomato soup. And you're fine. 
Well, before we sign off, I have one question for you. Okay. We snuck a couple UHF references. It's it's thirtieth. Is that right? Thirtieth anniversary was Sunday. Uh, I watched it. I hadn't watched it in a while. I watched it on Saturday and was still laughing my ass off. I I uh, watched it a, a little less than a year ago. My wife had never seen it. There, my wife. there you go. Uh, so we uh, wanted to show her that uh, she loved it. Uh, she's a big Weird Al fan and somehow had never seen it. I, I we're, as we're recording this, it's probably just getting out. The Alamo Draft House here in Kansas City was having a a watch party, which I didn't find out in time. It was already sold out by the time I looked. So, in honor of the movie that I wish I was watching at the Alamo right now, what is your favorite sketch or bit from UHF? That is a great question. Um, While you think, I'll let you know mine. I thought about this uh, extensively because there's a lot to pick from. But Gandhi 2 is my favorite. Okay, so Gandhi 2 is up there to the point where in my seventh grade yearbook, which I I think I lost my yearbooks in a movie. Wait, can I guess what you're about to say? Yes. Uh, Did you have a quote in your yearbook? Oh, okay. So not the kind of quote where... It's actually printed in the yearbook. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So this is my seventh grade yearbook. So the year was, um, uh, this. Oh man, was it eighth grade yearbook? Now that I think about, because UHF came out in '89. Yeah, this had to be the eighth grade yearbook then. Um, but I, I guess I had talked about UHF so much that uh, one of my best friends, Essie. Um, he wrote. He wrote in his signet. He when he signed my yearbook, in big letters, he put Gandhi two, no more Mister Passive. Well, <laughs> he he actually wrote no more Mister Passive Resistion, which I think he just like messed up, and like that always made me laugh. But like uh, like Gandhi two was hilarious. The the what the first one that came to my mind was Spatula City. Um, it's so ridiculous. I like Spatula and, like, so much. There. The like I've watched that commercial so often. Um, like, um, honey, where's the spatula? And then the guy runs into the kitchen and he like slaps his own forehead. Like, uh oh! And like, the kids are so excited. Uh, I actually own my my cousin. Uh, she made a Spatula City T-shirt for me for Christmas two years ago. I'm I will be wearing that at the Weird Al concert with my other cousin, her brother, uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, going to see him uh, in concert. So that was good. Um, the other couple things I remember, my cousin and I used to rewind. Um, there's a couple of scenes. One, uh, uh, Conan the Librarian. Um, sure. uh, probably my favorite when I first watched it as a kid. Yeah. But there's a scene where uh, he's all, the guy comes up to the desk and he goes, sorry, these books are a little late. And the, and there's no ah. words. He's just going, yeah, and he just slices him in half. So we we tried to like this was back when it was only like old ass VCRs, and we were trying to zapruder this and like tried to pause it on the exact right moment. And you could, it's like the fakest like paper mache person ever. They had like a pretty low budget for the film, and it was and it makes funny. it better, I think. I oh think yeah, for that. sure. Yeah, and so like it always made us laugh. Then that we also tried to time uh, the VCR on. Uh, when Weird Al uh, first comes out with Uncle Nutsy's Clubhouse, which eventually became the Stanley Spadowski show. Um, but he's in the, the wild uh, um, jacket and uh, Bobo the Clown comes out and he goes, 
look up, look down. Now look at Mr. Frying Pan, and he whacks him in the head. And uh, we tried to pause that so many times to, like, right when the frying pan, like, struck him in the face. Like, uh, it was, I don't know, it made us laugh so hard. Uh, drinking from the fire hose is always good. There's just a couple, like, really dumb jokes in there that always, always make me laugh. The Raoul's Wild Kingdom is is classic. Um the, you're just gonna start. Know. You're just gonna start reading from the movie. Yeah, right. right exactly. So <laughs> True Blue LA podcast performs right. UHF, a two man show. It was really funny. Um, yeah, and so it was good. And it's funny because uh, later this week, uh, I already recorded this with uh, Stephen Goldman. I, I'm on the Infinite Inning podcast, and like the first part of our conversation was he cheated talking. on me. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did. But then the first part of our conversation was talking about Weird Al. So there's going to be a lot of Weird Al content for me this week. <laughs> and I am I am happy about it. Well, you are a one-man wrecking crew. That's true. Well, as as I as I sit here uh, on my desk uh, with my framed picture of me and Weird Al, uh, I bid everyone adieu, and we will talk to you next week.